I just feel like everywhere I put this is right in my face. Yeah, it's kind of tough. Um, okay, that's better. I guess I'm not going to be doing I this. I can see later. you. I can mostly see my notes. Probably too close to the microphone anyway. <laughs> crowd i am here today once again in the apartment beautiful day outside kelly how's it going i've been better been better <laughs> you're not happy with your food choices i'm not i burnt my tongue it wasn't worth it i'm pretty sure this ramen has straight up dirt slash ash slash charcoal in it so things have been better but we're here my pot stickers were good that's nice we're here today to talk about the one and the only. Last week, I left it hanging. This is one of my one of my favorite songs. Now, what I remember most about this, before we even get into it, is that when I was driving, when we were driving home, away from the apartment, and I was taking you home, we listened to the song, and you were visibly shook that it was over after like three minutes. You were expecting some 10-minute dirge from Bob Dylan. I was. And, and then when it just slowly fades out with those, you know, high keys, you're like, what? Is that over? Holy shit. It's really nice. Really nice. Ring them bells, ye heathen from the city that dreams. Ring them bells from the sanctuaries across the valleys and streams. For the deep and the wide, and the world's on its side. And time is running backwards, and so is the bride. All right, so we listened to Ring Them Bells, which I said at the outset was one of my favorite songs. Uh, and we'll definitely get into the song itself in a little bit. Uh, we listened to three versions of it, two of which are on our playlist. Um, one is from the the original version, if you will, from Oh Mercy, 1989. And then we had a live version from the Supper Club in 1993. And then on Telltale Signs, which also has the Supper Club, had a just a piano rendition of the song, um, but that's on disc three, so Spotify is like, pfft. no, we only have two discs. Uh, so if you're interested in that, definitely search that one out because that might be the most raw. And I think it's exactly this. It is the same track as as Oh Mercy, just without all of the stuff around it. Uh, so the song itself, recorded in 1989 in New Orleans, it, it's been played 31 times total. Last time in 2005. Oh, that's not very many times. Not a lot of times, which is kind of surprising. Only one known solo performance, which was on October 20th, 1999, in Poughkeepsie, New York. Hmm. Um, it was recorded in one take, which is noted by um, Clinton Highland. Um, all of the instruments were actually added on later. Uh, the guitar and then something called Ghost, which I'm assuming is like the synthesizer. That's what people are thinking. Sort of the weird sort of hmm. kind of that vibe that kind of hangs over the song, you know, just kind of the, the light synth. Uh, Tony Atwood notes, which is pretty interesting. He has a blog called All Dylan. He says, uh, and I'll quote him here, there's no hint of the blues anywhere. Where unusual chords are thrown in, as in the middle eight, they have nothing to do with the blues genre. Rather, they are stretching the song to see how far it can go, and the answer is always a very, very long way. This is a very unusual musical approach for Dylan. And then uh, that Supper Club cut that we listened to with the guy, our spirit animal, yelling, Yeah! Yeah! Blow, 
sacred cow Ring them bells from the fortress For the lilies that bloom For their lines are long And the fighting is strong And the breaking down distance between right It's, it's interesting because if, if one person has a take on Bob Dylan, it's Clinton Highland. The dudes wrote a ton and ton of books. He called that Supper Club cut, what did he say? The single finest moment <laughs> of the never-ending tour, which cool. is kind of crazy. And and I like – that ties back a little bit to what Atwood was saying, which is like this idea of not staying within a genre and you stretch this song out. He apparently like went to Japan, played this with like a full Japanese orchestra too, oh, wow. which – I feel like this song is really weird because I can hear it. I can hear how simple the song is and you can make this. I mean, I guess Sufjan Stevens kind of does. I mean, he takes a very simple and he just goes nuts on the flutes. I mean, you have all this room to breathe and you've always got this like really satisfying ending. I feel all along the watchtowers like that too. They're vague. They're just so vague that after all of the crazy solos, you've still got that one last verse that leaves a bit of mystery and you don't really know how you feel about it. I love it. talk a lot about really loving this song but i know that i'm missing out on a whole lot of context and no i'm not talking about religious context i'm talking about bells like i i don't know anything about bells well it all started at around 2000 bc when metallurgy was a thing. That's a really long time for me to wrap around. I know. I don't really know what metallurgy is. I'm assuming it's urgies with metals. <sighs> wow. Is that the best <laughs> joke we have to look forward to? <laughs> but uh, ancient China is where it all starts ringing. You you are a master um, blacksmith in oh, Skyrim. <laughs> That's metallurgy. That's your... your That's you're, true. Hey, you're taking the metals and you're... Yeah, you're basically crafting them the hot you know, molten lava, yeah. if you will, into things, shapes, swords, whatever the fuck you want. So that's what I figured. Like, they just mean when people figured out we could melt down metal and turn it into other things. Metallurgy. Metallurgy. I mean, it sounds fucking metal as shit, <laughs> but they didn't even know what that meant yet. No, I didn't. Yeah, not a lot of big metal bands in ancient China. <laughs> Although if they were, they would be fucking rad. Maybe there were. Yeah, that's know. what I'm saying. We don't know. Nobody, history doesn't look into that. Everybody's all concerned about aliens. Where? did metal come from where's the death metal band where's the death metal band china loves them bells it's all in their culture their religion their just daily life they turn it into an art form china make... loves them bells <laughs> <laughs> it's true uh so it, it becomes like a symbol of wealth and power if you make these really decorative bells the fancier the fancier the person i'm assuming i mean would they have like designs and stuff on them or yeah i guess <laughs> Look, my one source is this rando website that has a lot of spelling errors. I don't know. <laughs> Wait, you didn't even go to Wikipedia for bells? No. What? Dude, you know where I went? You watched the BBC History of Bells.com. I did watch the half of a <laughs> BBC documentary, but guess what? It was really UK specific. <laughs> so... Well, I wouldn't be surprised. China never happened. <laughs> mm-hmm. We never were there. Opium? Never heard of it. <laughs> your, uh, your Brit is very uh, from Australia. Why? <laughs> oh god 
Uh, So it spread from China, it being bells. The phenomenon of bells (laughs) spread to India and Japan. They were used to communicate across great distances. So you ring-a-ling-a-leg of these, and then I know what you mean. Way over there, and I'll ring-a-ling-a back. That's what I was kind of thought that they were. It was almost a way of like that church down the road like you know if there's like a message to be relayed or something i don't know what the relay would be mm-hmm. was there ever a code for bells i mean are you gonna get to that i don't know if that's like a no, i mean like you have flags right and smoke signals you can do smoke yeah i'm sure they did have something maybe like maybe a morse code basically of bells yeah right probably it wouldn't be called morse that was code, in the me. second half of the bbc documentary so Damn. yeah you missed I'm sorry. it right. they'll come out with a movie soon with cumberbatch that explains it all so don't worry <laughs> thank god <laughs> uh they were used in buddhism shinto and hindu religions also in ancient Egypt. Uh, really? The, yeah. And the Bible actually says that Moses brought the knowledge of bells from Egypt. When he was studying to be a priest, he learned all about the bells. Nice. Uh, they're thought of as the instrument of the gods during this time, which we're like, we're moving more towards recent history from, you know, 2000 years ago. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry, 2000 BC. So 4,000 years ago, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they, the bells carry the gods' will across the land. They clear minds, they provide peace and happiness, and exile bad spirits. So because of this, this is where the BBC documentary comes in, and this is when they started their history of bells, which I feel like is incomplete history, because clearly it was going on 2,300 years before that. But sometime more recent than 300 AD, but less recent than 600 AD, there was uh, there were missionaries throughout this, like, they were talking about Ireland specifically, and in their missionary bag, they would have, uh, in their little... Their, their tool kit was, like, the psalms and stuff, and a bell. Like a, like a little bell? like a, Or kind of a bigger um, clunk? Like a cowbell, actually. Cowbell. Nice. Yeah, but that one that you don't hit with a mallet, but actually had the yeah. thing inside of it. So this that would signal to the people around, like, there's a person of God. So, like, the will is being spoken. Let's go crowd around them and learn about some Jesus or whatever. I don't know. Is Jesus that a thing then? nuts. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, Jesus, that's the whole thing. B.C., A.D., Jesus, definitely. This is, yeah. Okay, well, we don't do it. that now. We say, you know... Current BC, era, well, B B C E before the current era, and then current era, and then C E, yeah, B C E and C E, yeah. So this is three hundred to six hundred years current era. <laughs> it's hard to get away from that. I, I think it's probably easier for kids younger than us. It's all C E and B C E now, mm-hmm. which is good, which is fine. That's more accurate in, in a sense. But I, it's hard because. But then we're still AD. basing the calendar on that event, right? I mean, but like... you won't. Yeah, but you kind of have to. It's hard to. To change have, calendars. Well, and people have. I mean, the French were on a different calendar during the entire revolution, so well, it was always people a have different day. Their own calendar because they don't follow any Christian gods. Uh-huh. Why would they base anything off that? Right, but they but they do because they need to do business. Yeah, they need exactly. The shipment to they come do. in. So. But it was cool, like filling out forms and stuff. It would say the year and tie. Yeah. Well, and neat. we'll get to this that idea because I think even that idea of of these places around the world sort of bucking traditions and stuff mm-hmm. it plays into why I particularly like this song. So. Around that time, again, 300 to 600-ish current era, um, not only do we have the missionaries going off, but we also have, I guess, the way religion used to work. And even, I think, Buddhism still kind of does this. Anyway, we don't have uh, individual parishes. We have monks and nuns that are cloistered and whatever monk equivalent of cloister is, monkled, monkstered. Monkstered. Monkstered, okay. So our monks are monkstered and our, our nuns are cloistered, and they pray for the town. Right, you don't gotta pray. They're praying. They're that's praying nice. for everybody. That's nice. That takes really takes a lot out of my day. So, that's good. <laughs> because of of their praying, I guess it's on a 
a circuit of like three hours. They got to start. I don't know if it's one kind of prayer or multiple prayers, but every three hours they either do it again or they start a new one. But the bell signal when it's time to stop monkling what you're monkling and start monkling your new monkle. Nice. So every three hours, the bells are going off. That, the word, the Irish word for bell is clug. I guess they mean Gaelic word. <laughs> Stupid British documentary. The Gaelic word for bell is clug. Amazing. Do you know what that sounds like? Ring them clugs? Clock, which is where we got the uh... word. We base our time and like our signaling of our events off of the bells that used to chime for the prayers. Goddamn. Right? So what? bell founders are a thing. Those are the people that make the bells. Which I feel like there should be more last names bell founder because that's not a thing, right? Like that's how we get a lot of our names, Smith especially, specifically, yeah. right? So like Alexander Graham Bell, it should be bell founder. Alexander Graham Whoa. Bell founder. That'd be nuts. So this like time has been progressing through my story here, right? It's good. I hope you I can, can assume. I can feel it. Um, so we start forming individual parishes, and now since all the monkles and the nuns aren't just doing it for us, we need something to to call us all together. Um, so people start building bell towers and at least in the UK, because again, that's all I got my information from that one website and this thing, uh, they will give you a deal. Like you could get attractive land if you build a bell tower on your property. So they use that to communicate stuff to you and just like to have to gather people around. It's used obviously to signal the end of work days or signal yeah. whatever you need to signal in the town because it's loud and you can get everybody's attention at once. Right. Um, <clears throat> It uh, was used to signal town curfews and, and, oh, yeah, the word curfew comes from a French word that means to put out the fire because you were supposed to put out your lamps because it was the end of the day. They would ring the bell. That meant curfew, put out your lamps. So there you go. That bell ain't going to tell me what to do. (laughs) Uh, Bells now, at least the one boundary or whatever they went to in Britain in the documentary, are still made muchly the same way they used to be. And the molds they use to form the bell, so like you, you build the mold and then right. pour the liquid metal into it, right? Are made primarily of sand, goat hair, and manure. Just like the old ways. Nice. So that's the history of bells-ish. Uh, like we, we use them as instruments, obviously. Uh, it's still a thing in churches, clearly. Yeah. We still use them at, to signal deaths and like at, during funerals. And their handbells are an instrument that choirs will use and just weirdos but there's also okay here's some fast facts about bells sweet bell facts here we go (laughs) bell and clapper which did you know clapper is the word for the thing inside of the bell that rings makes a sound they're made of the same materials Uh, a clapper can strike a bell up to a thousand kilometers an hour if it's properly made and that if that bell is properly made it can also withstand that punishment for a thousand years what great britain has a nickname of the ringing isle because there are so many bells uh, the biggest bell ever, the Great Bell of Damazid, D, Damzidi, sure, it was over 300 tons, and it was lost under the River Burma when the Portuguese conquerors tried to steal it, at some point I didn't get when the date was, uh, <laughs> to make cannons. They, that's what they wanted the oh, bell for. I mean, you could, yeah. But it says lost in the river. I'm like, so is that giant-ass bell still under the water somewhere? Why hasn't anyone tried to get it? But anyway, the best... Fast fact. Why aren't we going to get it? We could make so many cannonballs. Oh, we do need more cannons. We do. Uh, I learned about a new instrument called a carillon. Sure. C-A-R-I-L-L-O-N. Carillon. Okay. And they're like a crazy bell piano hybrid. They need at least 23 notes and there's they're tuned chromatically. Okay. So what this is, it's a giant bell tower filled with stationary bells and 
the uh, clappers inside of them are attached to what looks like a big organ beneath the bell tower. And the the uh, the keys, if you will, yeah. but they're not keys. Remember in the Goonies when they have to play the piano? Yeah, this yeah. And they're like yeah. weird skeleton fingers? Uh-huh. They look like that, but they're made of wood. And you strike them with like an open fist. Like like you would, you know, yeah. I, you can't see me. I'm just like yeah. pretending to, I don't know, Donkey Kong. Like, yeah. brah, 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 right? Yeah. So you hit them. And they also have foot pedals um, that you use for lower notes. So yeah, so while you're hitting those things, those strings in that organ thing are attached to the bells. And it makes... Music. So uh, there's somebody online that's doing the Game of Thrones song oh, with the. Uh, so the only place they they exist all over the world these carillons. It's not common that people build them, but they do. They uh, usually at university campuses or in churches. Go figure. Yeah. So uh, this one, uh, the one that I found, was actually in Australia. I think so. Okay. And it makes sense that the the um, lower notes they have yeah. the foot pedals would be a bigger bell, so you have to really like hammer on it to make the sound. But there you go, badass new instrument, history of bells, Dunzo. Boom! You're gonna know so much about such very intricate individual <laughs> things by the time we're through with this. It's true. All right, so now after that amazing, rousing history of bells, I mean, I didn't even know they were I, so fucking cool. That, that wasn't even thing, that. Man. That wasn't even that funny. That was just like information downloaded everybody out there i mean jesus you're better off bob dylan has many sides i too have many sides (laughs) i can be funny but sometimes i just need to be sophisticated also we didn't even mention the liberty bell okay also there's a liberty bell i mean it's a big one you know i was actually uh there's a book that's out now about uh bunkers that sort of exist in the country you know sort of like a vault if you will but only for the government so there's like a contingency plan for like yeah anyways there in the 1950s and 60s, there were contingency plans about what to do with, like, stuff like artifacts. And there was a plan, actually, if there was a nuclear attack, the d- d- departments around the government sat down and talked through what would be the things that they would prioritize. So the archives would take the Declaration of Independence over the Constitution. Oh, um, wow. The Gettysburg Address would be chosen over, like, Washington's first inaugural. Uh, or I think they said his war marches or something like that these are um, really weird would you rathers yeah i know <laughs> and then uh there there was actually a, a guard of soldiers that were going to go into uh philadelphia city hall and take the liberty bell and take it underground to whatever future civilization awaits Whoa. yeah so there's a bell fact for you boom ring them bell st peter where the fall winds blow Ring them bells with an iron hand so the people will know. For it's rush out now on the wheel and the plow. And the sun is a going down upon the sacred cow. This song is fine, but like, why do you love it so much? So it really forced me to think about it. So let's start with you, though. Yeah, that was my first impression. I. Eh. 
It's not my favorite. I hyped for sure. it up. And why did I hype it up? <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I need to know. So I'm like, excited to hear your explanation. I've been thinking about it a lot all week. Uh, and I've listened to the song a lot. I listen to both versions that are on our playlist. I listen to the piano one that you sent me a couple times. I also listen to uh, the covers that are on our playlist. My favorite version, I think, of this song is that rando, uh, the woman, Yaros is her last name, yeah. that ended up on our playlist. That's my favorite version of this song. It's a good one. I, I like Sufjan's version, and I like uh, Bob Dylan's The Supper Club one. Is, yeah. of, of his recordings, that's my favorite for sure. Um, but I talked to you about this a little bit before. This song, and you made a great point, but uh, this song doesn't It doesn't feel like it's sung in the right style. That Yaros. Uh, Sarah. Yeah, Yaros. Yeah, yeah J-A-R. O-S-Z. Okay. The Sarah Yaros version for me was my favorite, I think, because it's it's a like a country song. Um, not like heavy, like pop country, but still definitely a country twang. And for me, this, it was weird. I could hear the song better when she was singing it. And not because of, of Bob Dylan not having good enough diction or whatever, like, which happens sometimes on his songs where you can't, literally can't hear what he's saying. Uh, but it because the style that it was in, I could hear, I could hear the feeling better, if that makes sense. But you made a great point when I said that, that was like, but isn't it better that it's not a country song? And not just like, not throwing shade at country, just like, isn't it great that you can sing this song and it doesn't have to be this way that you have, like, it is a narrow minded kind of point of view where this song should be sung this way because it represents these things. And that's not really fair to the song or a failure to uh, the artist that's singing it, not just with this song, but pretty particular about anybody's song yeah. um the only <clears throat> excuse me the only note i really had about it was between the two versions the supper club one and the actual old mercy recording mm-hmm. um the supper club one is better i think not just because the performance is better but it i don't know it, the musicality that slide guitar i mean that's really it yeah uh, there is a key change to the, in the second to last verse that you can't really hear very well on the original version, on the Oh Mercy version, I don't know if that's original, whatever. On the Oh Mercy version, because it's just a piano, you're pre- you're basically just hearing that. There's a little bit of airy guitar in the background, but that slide guitar really brings home the key change, and it gets so minor during that last verse. And that was like, oh, I actually feel something now. So I had to listen to both of those all the way through to to feel a little bit about the song. Um, and the other note I have is about. When he, when I first listened to it, he says, when God is one, I thought he meant one is in victory. Yeah, I thought that for the longest time, too. And then looking at the lyrics, it's one is in mm-hmm. the number as in. The, so it, I really appreciated one. that because I think that if there's I'm not a religious person, but the only like one of the good things that is from it is that we should be celebrating how we are together, how we share this planet. We share this like consciousness. If you want to get into that, if you're spiritual or whatever, but we are one, we are one species. We are this one thing together and, and we should be. And if God flows, yeah, God flowing, God flows through us together. We are what we make of it. So this whole week, it's hard. You did a great job of explaining all of that. And for me, I, I spent a long time trying to figure out what it is that I wanted to say about this, like putting a feeling into words. Um, when I said it was one of my favorites, I will admit that it's it's one of those songs that's not like a it's always a one, two, or a three. It's it's like a ten. It's in the top ten. It might not be in the ten. I will clarify a little bit and say if I was given seventy minutes to make a mix CD, in kids, this is something that's on a disc. <laughs> you put it in, and you, you you only have seventy minutes, so you got to make it good. There would never be a there would never be a Dylan mix that did not have Ring the Bells. I like there how would you not exist. Aged yourself in the the positive, if you will, like how old you are, 
not by saying mixed CD and not tape. So just want to oh. throw that out there. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I don't know what a mixed tape is. I'm not, I wasn't around um, hustling it up in the nineties with all you people. I was just a kid then. So we're mixed CDs, baby. That's what we do here. Um, but yeah, so if I had 70 minutes of music for Bob Dylan that I wasn't showing somebody as like a intro to Bob Dylan, but like, this is a reflection of what I love about Bob Dylan. There would not be a single version that doesn't have this. Whereas some songs might come and go, depending on the mood. This is always just, it's important for me. And so then I got to thinking, why the fuck is it important to me? How am I even going to explain this? And I think it comes down to your proclivities. If you are religious, this song rocks. Everything is Broken is the song on Oh Mercy that comes before this. And you are listening to this and it's cleansing. You're like, everything is broken in the world. Give me this, baby. Like, we're going to win. We're going to go back to the beginning, bring back God. It's everything. If you're into bells, which I got to say I'm into (laughs) bells now, you're probably stoked because they're not just associated with hell. So now it's cool. No more hell's bells. This is God's bells. So you might be a little stoked. If you're not religious like me, this song more than likely is not your bag. But it is my bag for two reasons. The first for me is minor, and that is his voice. His voice in this song is so close to me, to all of us. It is him and a piano. There's only a couple other times where it's Bob Dylan and an instrument right at you, especially in the in the pleasure pop synth world of the 1980s. Bob Dylan has never felt further away, and so to have him just singing with a piano right to you, it's right there. It sounds so good. Uh, even Lanois, he he's quoted as saying, "We recaptured some of the quality that the early records had. You can really hear him in the foreground." And I think that's the one thing that always stood out to me. It's just like, holy shit, I love this man's voice. He's right in front of me. Uh, I also feel that every line fits. I feel like this is one of those like perfect songs that the life of it is extended because it doesn't feel like a single syllable has been stretched, moved, anything at all. It's perfect and it fits. The second reason that I love it is a major one. And it's that if you want this to be a religious song, again, if you are a religious person, cool. But if you're not... This song doesn't have to be about religion. It's the same thing with No Time to Think. If you want it to be about religion in the end of the world, go for it. If that's your vision of what you want the world to be like, cool, take it. Bob Dylan is not afraid to tell you that you've got to go serve somebody or you're going to hell. Bob Dylan is not telling you anything in this song. You know why? Because Bob Dylan is an illusion artist. Not just illusion, but illusion. And he's trying just to... There's nothing more apt in this show, and I don't think there will be another thing that we ever say that's more on point than episode two of the show, where we, where you, described it was like Bob Dylan sitting on a bench, sketching out people. And I think St. Catherine, Sweet Martha, St. Peter are the same thing as The Undertaker, as Rasputin. They're just characters in a story that's going on around him. That's pretty much on point. Like, he's playing with illusions, allegories, yeah, metaphors. He's the master of it. So we can't just pretend that he's not doing it. But if I have to take a stand, I'm going to take a stand. I'm going to say that this song reminds me a lot of a song that we, that is another top 10, definitely put on every single mixtape, a song called Chimes of Freedom. But I don't feel like this is some follow-up or some second take. I think that it shares the same soul as that song. To me, to me, Ring Them Bells has something happening off screen. Now, I think... Again, if you go from the religious point of view, everything is broken is a convenient off-screen moment. That's what literally comes before this song. So you're, if you're watching this play, then you've seen everything is broken. 
And then now here we are with God is one or God is one with the war, however you you know think about it. But for me, I feel like it can be something else. It doesn't have to just be religious. It can be whatever your worldview is. It can be a personal triumph. It can be a, like a revolution that changes the way the world is. Like it can be political. It can be personal. You know, I, I'm getting married. Ring them bells. You know, I love this person more than my life. I want everyone to fucking know it. Ring those bells. Tell everybody. You know, get it up to the top of the steeple where St. Catherine is. Get it all the way down to St. Peter. And tell fucking sweet Martha, man. She needs to know. (laughs) To me, it's always, you did it. Tell the world that you did it. And so this idea that Bob Dylan is simply muttering over in the corner saying that the world is fucked, which it is, but that the only saving grace that we have is Jesus Christ, which it's not, doesn't work for me. But I know that I'm not alone, that I'm like, I'm open to the idea of religious Bob, but it doesn't have to run your life. The religion's always there. Bob Dylan has always been playing with this. And like we talked about last week, pretending that there was a time before, you know, originality, you know, we say pretending like going back. There is no period before, you know, Bob Dylan is just this person. But I think something that we don't talk about a lot, but has come up a lot recently is this idea of the creator. And I, at this podcast, we need to do two things that are really important that we set out from the beginning. There's Bob Dylan, the creator, the performer, the songwriter, the, you know, singer that you have to contend with. And I'm a huge believer that the artist exists in the work. But then there's also the song that transcends time and space. You can listen to the song in the future and not know who brought it to the world. But if it does, hopefully it adds something or could even detract it if if that person is a flaming piece of shit, yeah. um, which does happen. And so I think that that issue, that idea of like, where does that start and stop is a question that's really difficult to talk about and for me i'm like my dudes my heathens that are ringing the bell they don't want to go back to the simpler time they want to go forward and really what it comes down to more than anything else is that with this song the best part about it is that you get two options when you listen to it it's one if it's christ's return so be it sit wait listen for someone else to ring the bells but i'm not gonna wait and so it's basically a fucking punk song is it you that's ringing the bells or is it them and so nice exactly and so for me i'm the motherfucker ringing the bell (laughs) and all of those fucking bigots and shitty people sad people that bring other people down they can all fuck off in the fires of wherever the fuck my mind is going but that's why this song is badass to me i don't understand why you beg for forgiveness just before you do it again is it more altruistic to worship or Basically, at the end of it all, I just love this song. I adore it. It's so simple. It's so pretty. And I love belting it at the top of my lungs when I'm all alone. And it makes me feel good. It just makes me feel good. I think that's a big mission of what music should strive to do. Yes. Make you uh, feel good. Absolutely. And so I think to end the conversation about the song and kind of move on with our episode because we're running long here. We want to get it all in. I'm going to leave us with one quote about Bob Dylan that Bob Dylan gave in 1997 to the New York Times, probably during the time that Time Out of Mind came out. I think the interviewer was asking him about that religious music, the 80s music, because at this point, Dylan's respectable. He's back in the respect of the community. Time Out of Mind is a masterpiece. He says, quote, this is the flat out truth. I find the religiosity and philosophy in the music. I don't find it anywhere else. Songs like Let Me Rest on a Peaceful Mountain or I Saw the Light. That's my religion. 
I don't adhere to rabbis, preachers, evangelists, all of it. I've learned more from the songs than I've learned from any other kind of entity. The songs are my lexicon. I believe the songs. I saw the light, I saw the light. No more darkness, no more night. Now I'm so happy, no sorrow inside. Praise the Lord, I saw the light. Okay. Uh, all right, so let's go ahead and end this show. Uh, all right, Kelly. This week we spent it with uh, a man playing piano. I uh, played in the supper club with some steel guitars. Yeah. But the world, <laughs> but the world moves on. Uh, what else did you find interesting this week? I discovered <laughs> a band just like Columbus called... discovered America. Yes, exactly like that. I discovered just like the, the British discovered bells. Just like oh, what was last week? The Dutch discovered Manhattan. <laughs> Suck it, Dutch. <laughs> Uh, a band called the Budos Band, I believe, B-U-D-O-S. I don't even know how to say it. Anyway, it's basically the perfect backing track to your own kung fu movie. It's like uh, soul kind of funk a little bit, but um, it yeah, I mean, conjure an image of any really good like Bruce Lee. That just I don't know. It's it's really fun and uh, soul, and it's great. Any of their songs would fit in Master of None perfectly. It's oh, got that okay. kind of thing to it. It's just great. You can just see someone sort of thinking over there in the corner and just put a song to it. Yeah, their like, debut can... album came out after 2000, but it sounds like a band from the 70s. Easy. I'll just go in order uh, to make it quick and easy for everybody. Number three record that I listened to this week is from Jason Isbell and the 400 Sound. <clears throat> it's from Jason Isbell and the 400 Unit. The, <laughs> the album's called The Nashville Sound. Um, Fleet Foxes. Uh, came out with a new record after years uh, called Crack Up. When I listen to this album and I listen to that band, it takes me back to like 2009. It is crazy. I'm just like <laughs> swirling around. Like I've just got out of college. I'm like going to fucking live in Lawrence and like do all this crazy stuff. Very much a product of its time. And so listening to that again, or not again, but it's brand new, but it sounds just like them. It's great. I love it. And then finally, uh, MVP of the week, easy, Lord, melodrama, come on. God, I found myself listening to this record so often. To sit in hell with you, but we're the greatest. They'll hang us in the loop. Down the back, but who cares? Still the loop. Okay, I know that you are not my type. I'm just a sucker, let you fill her mind. But what about love? I love it. I think it's great. And then two other things. I'm going to be watching Civil War, Ken Burns' documentary this week. Uh, some dude fished it out of uh, their mom's uh, basement. <laughs> they found the VHS tape of it, and they gave it to Netflix. And Netflix is like, yo, we don't need to do anything about it. Keep that tracking down at the bottom. We're good. So I'm going to watch an old video called Ken Burns' uh, the Civil War. And I can't believe he didn't mention it. Binge mode. Yeah. Binge mode. If you love Game of Thrones and you've never heard of 
after the thrones or watch the thrones or you don't know who mallory rubin and jason concepcion are do yourself a favor binge mode they do uh every single episode of game of thrones you do not have to watch the episodes they are thorough as hell yeah. uh they know everything about it and they are the funniest people you will ever listen to uh, and we've been listening to it in the office, just spreading like wildfire. <laughs> and so it is getting hype. Harder. Your Grace, I know that you want to listen to Binge Mode, but Binge Mode has adult content and... Good. You should head to bed. I'm not tired! Yeah, so before we pick the final episode... All right, so before we... Jesus. Final! I know. All right, so we, before we pick the, the final... Not the Next. final... The next, next week's yeah before we pick next week's song all right so before we pick next week's song uh let's go ahead and announce uh big news we are a real podcast <gasps> crazy so sotwpod.com is live we've been saying it's live so since live. episode one <laughs> it's live now um that's going to be getting a bunch of stuff redone i tweet at sotwpod on twitter if kelly ever does I'm sure there will be like a K at the end, but those are like rare unicorns. So you kind of need to follow us because sometimes Ooh. Kelly might say hi or something like that. You got to like, like the shit out of that. Cause it could <laughs> be deleted in like five minutes. So you need to, you just need to know that it exists. Uh, and then we also have a Tumblr and all kinds of stuff like that. But uh, Twitter's probably the easiest place to go. Uh, SOTW pod for everything. For everything. All right. We're also going to have a, another episode coming out this week. Uh, that we're going to be looking at our our second supplemental series episode on Theme Time Radio Hour. This week? This week. It's called Dreams. Good grief. So we're going to be doing that. Nice. I see what you did there. I that don't see rhymed with dreams. Well, kind of. It was the, your inflection. Oh. Dreams. Good grief. I said gravy. That's why I was confused. <laughs> you thought I said grief. I said gravy. It would have been better if you said grief. So sure. I think we're going to stick with grief. All right, so I'm going to uh, the spreadsheet, and I'm going to take Ring Them Bells, one of my favorite songs, off the board, which Goodbye is kind of forever. exciting. Ring Them Bells. Never to be listened to again. It's kind of a crazy, sad little uh, little thing. The picture on the front of my book this week is from uh, an illuminated book. I guess it was popular in the thir- not popular in the 13th century. Uh, there were these religious texts called illuminated something or others. They had some of them are really ornate. It was just basically a way for people to have the written word of God when, before they were printing presses. I think something. I don't. I don't know. Anyway, I have this weird ass picture of a sheep playing bells, and it's from that. Just so everyone knows, it's Badass. from one. Well, of that'll the be on. Bells. That's a reason enough to to follow our Twitter. We will definitely be <laughs> posting the shit out of that. So I've taken it off. We are now down to a paltry five hundred and twenty six songs. Kelly, this is your moment to shine. What number did random.org? For all your random needs, to give you. You gotta stop saying that like they're paying us. <laughs> or maybe they'll start paying us. <laughs> uh, 24. 221. Okay. All right. So you're never gonna win. All right. So let's see what 24 was. I might win in like six years when the numbers have dwindled. That's true. Uh, yeah, that's true. Oh, that would have been a weird. It's a Going, Going, Gone, which is from Planet Waves. Oh, okay. uh, so, we already did that one. And that was a good, that was a song that we both really enjoyed. Uh, so that's not what we will be doing. Instead, 221. Okay. Okay. A song called Nobody Except You off of, uh, this would be the Bootleg Series Volume 1 through 3 and Volume 10. So recorded around the time of Self-Portrait. So 
it's a pretty song. It's I like it. It's a nice little ditty. So it's going to be a, a love song. And from Kelly's History Corner, I want to learn about people who have mysteriously disappeared that you hmm. can't find anymore. So I want to know some good classic tales of mysterious disappearances. Oh. So nobody except you. You know why? Because there's nobody. Oh. So we're going to be doing that next week. Delving seems, in. That seems like a tall order. Seems like a tall order and also very ghastly, potentially, over a very sweet and uh, saccharine love song. So <laughs> I like the dichotomy and we're going to roll with it. Any uh, any final thoughts, Kelly, on this um, on this rousing episode of, of Sun on the Window? Sounds like a lot of work. Okay, we'll be back next week <laughs> with all that work. Good night. Bye. Bye.